There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Hello, Australia. Welcome to My Millennial Money. Glenn James here and... John Pigeon. Coming to you for a little budget chat. Now, the budget was handed down last night, the Federal Budget of Australia. Now, John, you would have been up um, with popcorn, with booze, all the fun stuff. Yep. How did you spend your budget night? Yeah, look, it was my youngest son's birthday, so I was eating plenty of cake. Um, I stumbled across a budget paper that was 209 pages. I didn't read any of it. (laughs) (laughs) So you were well and truly caked up and uh, ready to have a big uh, sugar party. Yeah, that's right. Interesting night though, wasn't it? Oh, totally. Now, what are some of your kind of high-level thoughts? Yeah, so I I think I'd just start by saying it's a great uh, marketing exercise for the government to put out what the people want to hear and and the devil's in the detail which we I'm not 100% sure on either but I think unemployment is one thing that was probably no surprise to people if they were tracking it but it did expect to be around eight nine percent during COVID or after COVID so that's forecast around five percent so that's that that's a nice uh, win for the for the country and it just shows how resilient we are in that space. Yeah, and I guess, John, most demographers would say that 5% is basically full employment because people might choose not to work at times and just the general ebbs and flows of life. So, I think it it does appear that the economy is bouncing back uh, from the COVID-19 recession. Mm. And I thought it was interesting that the government really did spin it in a way that, you know, we, our deficit is only $116 Yeah. Uh, but it's $50 billion better off than we predicted last year. Yeah, it's like a it's like a good old graph or graph. You can read it and taint it whichever way you want, can't you? Yeah, totally. And do you think like, you know, these numbers, you know, $25 billion, $29 billion, $1 billion, <laughs> $2 billion, like it just gets to the point where it means nothing to the average punter like us, right? Correct. And and that's a really good point. Like we are the average punter and, and not many would sit down over a water cooler and discuss probably last night's findings. So mm. it's all just get on with our life. And that's why I think it's it is a bit of a marketing thing to to talk talk the talk and, and try to be convinced high level without anyone really reading into what's actually being spent. Yeah, and I think it was more of a political budget and I believe there will be an election sooner than later if the government can turn around some of its current perceptions uh, because it's particularly, you know, and yes, I know COVID happened in a recession, but, you know, we've got a Liberal government basically handing out uh, candles like an Oprah live recording, like you get a candle, you get a candle, everyone gets a candle, Yeah. except if you're the environment, uh, no candle for you. (laughs) But um, (laughs) any other... um, high-level thoughts that you might have had? 
Yeah, I thought it was a good outcome for, for women in a number of ways. Uh, they're obviously encouraging women to get back into the workforce uh, through childcare subsidies, uh, property you could see is having a win there with, with single parent families at least. And I think in the area of domestic violence and safety, there was a lot of money put into that, which I'm not saying is always women, but um, generally speaking, that was a good outcome. Yeah, and I don't know, John, I'd probably... I personally don't love that they hang the whole childcare thing under it's a women's issue where I think yeah. it's a family issue. And if there's a, a single dad out there uh, who needs some childcare, well, he will benefit. Or if there's a, you know, a working family, uh, mum and dad, two dads, you know, three dads, if you're in, what is it, Utah or wherever it is in America, yeah. <laughs> um, whatever that state is where you can have 15 spouses. It's just like, yeah, and I know it is political because they are trying to let women know that they do care. Yeah. So, I just thought that was an interesting observation for what it's worth. Yeah, look, I think as an incentive to have, have an extra child given the percentage of subsidies on the second and third child in childcare, that's for sure. Yeah, totally. But on that childcare thing, John, and this is an interesting point for everyone, you know, these budgets, they have to get royal assent. They have to be approved by the Governor-General uh, on behalf of the Queen. But before it even gets to the Governor-General's desk, it has to get through um, the Senate. Now, yeah. a lot of this stuff that they say might not actually happen. And particularly if there is an election and they lose, it might not happen. And this childcare stuff that they're, you know, crapping on about, it's such a high-level thing because they say, oh, if... Um, you know, there could be up to 250,000 families that will get, uh, you know, two and a half or $2,200 in subsidies. I was reading some of the finer details, the way it stands at the moment, that's on the assumption that you've got two kids under five. Yeah. But if you've got one kid over five and one kid under five, well, that, you know, dicks around with that formula anyway. So, you slip through the crack. Yeah. And it's not going to be available till July next year anyway, if they do retain government and if it does get through the Senate. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I think that's going back to our point before is is we probably most Australians maybe don't look into detail about how it's going to roll out and mm. it can slip through the cracks if it doesn't come through and, and no one knows anything the wiser, do they? Yeah, totally. A couple of other points I had, John. I think uh, the government were clearly saying it's too early for austerity, which basically means uh, that's a fancy word for tightening things up. So, they're pretty much saying, look, we still need to let the economy breathe. I think they'll use COVID um, as a bit of a scapegoat if the numbers don't look as promising or uh, better than predicted this year when they come to the budget next year. Yep. But yeah, I think it really is a, uh, a political exercise this year, particularly when you know the key selling points, aged care, childcare, infrastructure, um, first home buyers, you know, their key selling points was totally leaked before. Yeah. Like, and it, it wasn't a backdoor leak. It was a blatant leak. Like, yeah. I'm on the website here um, on the the website that is the bloody National Housing Finance and Investment Corporation website, which has the, um, you know, the first home loan deposit scheme. Yeah. You know, there was a, a formal announcement listed on the 8th of May, yeah. you know, <laughs> before the budget was released that, yeah. you know, that they've established these things. So, it, it wasn't a, um, let's tell a few journos uh, no. at the pub to get this out. 
they were blatantly telling people the budget before, which yeah, means there was right. just no surprises. To me, that was the key, I guess, selling points that the government wanted to get across. It always in- interests me with infrastructure spend, like the amount of billions that they spend on infrastructure and, and most of it is is for good cause, um, but where is that money going and how much does it actually cost to build a road? Like $2 billion for upgrades to the Great Western Highway between Katoomba and Lithgow. So, mm. yeah, so does it end up being two? Does it end up being four? Who knows? Mm. Well, that's the thing. Like the infrastructure, it's always a jobs, jobs, jobs type play uh, because you get flow on to yeah. a whole heap of different industries. But yeah, so I think their, their key thing was the infrastructure, childcare, and obviously, uh, given we've just had the uh, Royal Commission into aged care, uh, they've allocated $17.5 billion over five years uh, to that. And, you know, they had to do that just after the Royal Commission. And if, it, yeah. if you've ever been to an aged care facility, you would agree that it's probably not enough. But, you know, there is an unlimited money for everyone. Let's talk about this first home buyer's extension of the 10,000 spots to the 5% deposit. Hmm. So they've said, we'll, we'll throw another 10K out next financial year. But I think it's a backhand way to try and still stimulate the building industry because it's for new homes only, isn't it, John? That's right. Yeah. So an extra 10,000 spots, 5% deposit, we'll cover the LMI for you and, uh, and, and build, your, build your home. So, yeah, yeah, construction has a win there, doesn't it? But um, yeah. knowing what we know out there at the moment, uh, very hard to find a builder, very hard, hard to find titled land in, in decent, half-decent locations. So not sure how that will go. Mm. And you mentioned before that they've actually introduced a new scheme called the Family Home Guarantee, mm. which enables a 2% deposit for single parents um, under that similar scheme. Now, John, this is confusing to me. I'm reading on the website. It says, from July 1, 2021, 10,000 family home guarantees will be made available over four financial years. Now, I first read that as, okay, is there 2500 a year or is it 10000 over four financial years? Yeah, I, I didn't read that far into it. All, all I knew is 10,000 spots. So, whether that's taken up in the first year, I don't know how they govern the four years um, or assess that it's going to last for four years other than capping it per year. Yeah, and, and that's what I mean. I'm just, I'm honestly not clear if it is 10,000 in total over yeah. four financial years mm. or um, 10,000 per financial year. Oh, no, I, I definitely took years. it as 10,000 in total. Yeah, um, and this is the whole thing. Like, if that's the case, it's bugger all. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, a lot, and I suppose when it first came out with the um, low deposit scheme, there's the ability to extend it if it's taking off and there is demand. So, mm. but I, I think that's a good win, like 2% deposit. Uh, it, it sounds pretty attractive, no LMI, similar to your 5%, but the mm. underlying fact is I, I still need to be able to service that loan. And, and as a single pen, parent with dependents, servicing is, is definitely restricted. Yeah, and I thought, oh, it's probably an announcement in vain uh, but then again, like there would be legitimate people paying rent with some savings that could easily service a mortgage. So, yep. I think it probably has legitimate street credit, uh, but 
it, the shoe's just got to fit, right, with all these things. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to see out of those 10,000 what locations they're taken up in, um, Melbourne and Sydney, yeah, tough on service. But it's interesting, it? John, like the um, – just so people understand how it works, if you don't have a 20% deposit, so we'll use an example of a $500,000 house somewhere out of a capital city, if you don't have $100,000 worth of security or 20%, you'll have to pay LMI, Lenders Mortgage Insurance. So basically what this scheme does is – the government are saying, hey, under the 5% scheme, you bring 5% or $25,000 and you can then borrow the rest and we will guarantee the balance and no LMI. Or under the 2% scheme, you bring the 2%, and my math isn't that fast, under the uh, family home guarantee and the government will provide the security for the 18%. Correct. So you still, for the home, you're still having to borrow 98% or 95%. So you've still got to service that full amount, yes. but it's just in the background, the government is saying, we will go into bat for you if you can't afford to pay this and it collapses, we'll, we'll cover it. Yeah, and, and that's right. Just, as we say, the devil's in the detail. So what are the interest rates going to be like on that? Um, the servicing check's going to be higher because you're still in LMI territory. So they're still going to be doing a, a double check mm. on, you, on your situation. Yeah. Another interesting one, and it's not for everyone, but the first home super saver scheme where you could put in 15 grand a year as a pre-tax salary sacrifice or personal deductible contribution uh, that's increasing from $30,000 to $50,000. So you might decide, look, you know, over the next four years, I might put 12 and a half grand a year in and get to 50 grand in a, a tax effective way to save for your first home deposit. So mm. that's also a, um, a win if you are using that scheme. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think that many people were capping it out that they decided to increase it or was just a let, let's throw that oh, figure up anyway? I, I, I don't know the data, but it sounds good. Um, mm. because the because the property market is just going berserk, I think they just have to really tip their cap to first home buyers. And just on the family home guarantee thing, that is for new or existing homes uh, where the extension of 10,000 uh, at the 5% deposit is uh, for new homes yeah. only. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, in terms of super, I found it interesting that when the treasurer announced that they were doing some things with super like, so at the moment, if you earn under $450 a month, your employee doesn't have to pay super. So they're ditching that. So from $0, if you're earning $450, uh, your employee will have to pay super. So, and that does yep. mainly affect women. Business owners. Well, and business owners because yeah. they'll have to pay for it. <laughs> Jeez, John, you capitalist pig. Gosh, back <laughs> off, all right? <laughs> But I guess to the crux of it, John, there was no direct handouts, there was no direct stimulus, but they did continue the low and middle income earners tax offset that went in force last year, which basically saved a taxpayer earning up to 90 grand a year, mm. $1,080 a year. So that's just continuing. And the small business asset write-off uh, is also continuing. Yeah. Another couple of things that I found of note, um, 
you know, you mentioned domestic violence funding of 1.1, uh, mental health and suicide, $2.3 billion. So that's always a welcomed uh, investment. Uh, the NDIS uh, got another $13.2 billion. And John, on the NDIS, I mean, a lot of the times we think about the NDIS as helping people who maybe can't meet the definition of daily living, like feed themselves, clothe themselves, shower themselves, get out of bed and all that stuff. But there are like, uh, my sister has used it for the twins for different things. So, right. you know, it, it is a really good system. Um, so I just from personal experience and looking at that, I think it is welcome that that does remain funded. Yeah, totally. And the COVID vax got a jab of 1.9 billion to bring. <laughs> you're welcome to bring that total to about 20 billion dollars uh, in rolling out um, the vaccine program. But all yeah, this, John, was on the works. proviso and budgeted that uh, the national borders would remain closed in the main mm. until halfway through next year. Well, they're talking that, aren't they? International middle of 2022. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we're all going to spend our overseas Bali holiday and Europe trips and all that on cars and homes and boats. So, the COVID tax out there will uh, will probably continue for a bit. Yeah. Did you have to have a vaccine to get to New Zealand? No, the bubble's open. Hmm. So, but I mean, I'll, I'll get the vax as soon as it's available. Um, no problems here. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, it was just, it was a bit of a non-event type budget. Uh, I'm just really happy every time they do a budget and they keep their mitts off superannuation because yeah. as a cash pot, it's so uh, attractive for governments to go, oh, let's just, you know, tweak that 1% on that trillion dollars and we can fund this. Like, yeah. I think it's good that they did keep their mitts off it. Uh, and there was some other stuff for um, older people around the work test and, um you know, making the downsides a contribution of 300 grand available to over age 60, not age 65. So mm. there, there was bits and pieces. And honestly, like it was a an Oprah budget and everyone got a candle, except yeah. if you're the environment or tourism operators, basically, because, you know, there was just nothing that was wholesale in terms of moving the economy to a more green economy. Like it was just, nah. it was basically nothing. And, you know, they know that the borders are going to be closed for, a, you know, at least 80, at least another 12 months. And if you can imagine, if you're a tourism operator and the government know that and you've got no one coming and, you know, JobKeeper's pretty much gone and all this stuff, like it is a little bit like a slap in the face because it's not as if you've got the money to go and buy a new ute for your tourism business. No. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely doesn't a mean anything, the them, asset write-off. Yeah, totally. Especially yeah, if they so. rely on majority of it being international. Mm, mm, so, but I, I think for the listeners, it's something like this is is okay. Let's tune in. Let's get a, a brief understanding of it, and then let's go down, get on with our lives. So, mm. I, I think we just need to maybe track it and and see what gets passed through and and what's actually the detail of it once it's confirmed. Mm. Do you know what I actually, and I know I'm philosophical and go on these tangents, John, but, you know, I don't like the winners and losers thing. <laughs> yeah. I just, because a lot of the time, like, to be honest, they reckon the best way to vote is voting for a party that will help people worse off than you. 
Like, that's a noble way to vote, right? Yep. But often we always vote for what we can get and we're always looking at the budget for what handout I can get from this mm. magical uh, Frydenberg unicorn that's throwing everyone money yeah. for me, me, me. So I, I just don't love the winners and losers thing because it's – and I know I'm in that world of, you know, giving and generosity and I always go back to um, relative situations that, you know, if we are in Australia – on world standards, relatively speaking, yeah. we are bloody well off. We're blessed. Which doesn't mean much to somebody who's legitimately struggling here. But for all of you out there that, you know, you've got all the money in the world you know, and you can you go along your merry life, if you don't get a free $1,000, well, suck it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's- Suck eggs. I don't know. I'm just- Yeah. And you, if, so, you've you come from the point of view of everyone gets a participation certificate versus uh, versus the winner and the loser and a, and a fair and equal for everyone. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> and that's cool. I don't know. <laughs> well, no, I, I think it's it's good to to win on. Uh, I'll give an example. It's good. Oh, do you want to go there? No, look, I, I I get where you're coming from. Generally speaking, yeah. what I want to see is that the the government's improving um, the the country and the shape that it's in financially. But everyone's getting a fair go, and mm. we're not just providing handouts for people who aren't putting their own hand up to have a fair go. Yeah, or have a go. Yeah, I get that. And and I mean, I I'm probably less of the view that everyone gets a participation award because I believe an economy does need a little bit of competition yeah. and that um, sacrifice and reward. Otherwise, you know, could you be bothered studying for eight years and become a brain surgeon if you're going to get paid $35,000 a year? Like it's just, mm. you wouldn't bother. So I think an economy does need uh, benefits for the sacrifices that we make. Uh, but again, I think we're going on beyond the scope of the budget, but I just want to say, I, I don't like seeing this winners and losers thing more for the point that it's instantly people are looking at it. What did I get? Yeah. Where we need to look at it. Oh, did we actually look after people who don't happen to earn 80 grand a year who might be earning the minimum wage and less? Hmm. And I think in a lot of ways it's um, it's a smokescreen for a marketing ploy and I'll do what I want sort of thing. And, and when you compare the two major parties, uh, their policies are extremely identical. <laughs> well, and, and that's it. I mean, like both of these major parties, like realistically, there's a lot of political refugees out there because like even this budget that the Liberal Party just handed down as a conservative government, it's looking very much like a government that's you know, he's not a conservative government because no. they're just throwing money everywhere. Yeah. But we know there's an election coming up. It reminds me of the, um, you know, some of the Howard years when there was a raft of middle-class welfare to, you know, and it's, you know, you start throwing money at the middle class and, you know, that's where your votes are. And I think, John, like the, the fact that there was no money to the environment, for example, mm. most people you ask would be like, yeah, we need to look after the environment. We need to move to a, a clean economy, right? But they're just within government and to a point, it would have to be both sides of the government, right? That the rank and file core voter base, it's just not a big enough issue to worry about throwing money at. 
mm. for the average punter. Because why isn't there a, a line item, you know, aged care, $17 billion, childcare, you know, $2 billion, infrastructure, $15 billion, environment, $12 billion. Like that's kind of because the on balance, the data shows that it's not a, a vote winner. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying. Oh, yeah. Um, and Don't hate me, everyone. Sorry for just ranting. Well, I'll give you another rant. Um, oh, yeah. It's not a rant. It's just a oh. topical conversation is, is the childcare subsidy. So what if mm. I'm a mother or father that just wants to stay at home and bring my kids up and not necessarily uh, are that keen to get back into the workforce because I'm, I'm on this earth to bring my kids up? Well, I think that leads into a, a bigger discussion that I had with uh, Peter Singer the other day that they've experimented in some parts of the world around this universal basic income yeah. where we just throw everyone 15 grand or whatever it is per year. Mm. So the basic needs are met and then, you know, it's enough to help those who can't help themselves, yeah. but then it's not enough for those who want to get out and have some finer things in life. Yeah. No, I don't know. So I'm all... And, to be honest, we do need to get an economist on or some smart person just to really unpack this UBI type discussion because a lot of these money things, and that's why I don't like going there because they get philosophical and my views are probably not accurate, nor does anyone care about my philosophical view because I'm still trying to work it out myself. Yeah. No, we're just having two blokes having a yarn. Just having a chat, John. That's all we're doing. So, anyway, well, time. we better get this over to Nath to edit. Thanks, everyone, for having a listen. Remember, if you're in Brisbane, 27th of May, it's in about two weeks, come along to our live show. Have you got your tickets yet, John, your plane tickets? No, I was going to ask you about that. Mm, what do you want to know? Is it going to go ahead? Are we, we're not going to get locked yeah. in again? Probably, but that's why I said don't buy the cheap tickets. Buy the ones that are flexible and you get <laughs> refunds on and all that. All right, I'll book them tonight. All right. Love you, everyone. Thanks, John. I will, uh, I'm flying home tomorrow morning as well. Ah, so good news. Can't wait to give you a big hug. If you want to do next Tuesdays, <laughs> sorry? Can't wait to give you a big hug. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I know how much you love hugs. Yeah, feelings mutual. Um, <laughs> all right, everyone. Thank you so much, and I will see you soon. Bye. All right, bye. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports A21, a charity focused on abolishing slavery and human trafficking all over the world. Check out a21.org.au for more info. If you would like some other giving options, or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to thelifeyoucansave.org.au. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 